New York Giants general manager Joe Shane addressed the media for his annual draft preview press conference. We know what was said, but what do we think about it? Well, I'm going to tell you what I think about some of what came out of the press conference coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Chena. I'm your host, and welcome. It's Friday, April 21st. Happy Friday, everyone. We are now within one week of the NFL draft, and General Manager Joe Shane of the New York Giants held his annual draft preview press conference yesterday at the Quest Diagnostics Training Center. A lot was said, so we're going to go down some of the uh, takeaways from it and not so much reiterate what he had to say, but I'm going to give you my thoughts on what he had to say, because there was some interesting stuff to say the least on various topics, which include, of course, a certain two players who are currently not at the voluntary off-season conditioning program, which we'll talk about in just a moment with an update as well as some insight as to how Shane might be thinking to build this roster further via the draft. So all that is coming up on today's podcast. So glad to have you with us. And today's podcast is brought to you by HelloFresh. Skip the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash NFL60 and use code NFL60 for 60% off plus free shipping. All right, let's get into the nitty gritty, what Joe Shane had to say. And I don't want to spend the whole podcast here merely reiterating what he had to say, but more or less, I want to talk about um, the fallout or my interpretation or my takeaways or maybe little things I might've heard that might, you know, add to what was said. And we've got to start off, obviously, with the story that I knew was going to be one of the main stories, um, and with good reason, because, you know, we hadn't spoken with Joe Shane since the uh, the owners meeting about a month ago. So everybody wanted to know, you know, about Saquon Barkley not showing up to the offseason program, Dexter Lawrence not showing up, and where did things currently stand with them? And folks, as I've been saying all along, Dexter Lawrence is going to get done. There's been communication all this time. You know, obviously the, uh, the, the whole trick with this contract in particular is to structure the guaranteed money, um, you know, how the, the contract is structured. I think they pretty much agreed to, you know, some basic parameters as far as value, as far as length, but it's all in how the uh, the bottom line is reached. And that's where they have to iron out the deals. But Shane spoke about how they, you know, have had conversations with Dexter's representatives. Um, now, also keep in mind that right now Shane is trying to finalize his draft board, you know, wrap up draft meetings, pre-draft meetings. So he's not readily available, you know, all day, you know, he's, he's in these meetings with the coaching staff, with the scouts, personnel people. So things have kind of slowed down a little bit, but they are progressing on the Dexter Lawrence front. So that deal 
just a matter of time before that deal gets done. Now, the same right now cannot be said for Saquon Barkley, who, as I've said before, Saquon cannot report to the off-season conditioning program unless he signs the franchise tag or he signs a participation agreement, which uh, Joel Corey, my guest on yesterday's podcast, spoke about. So basically, the situation with Saquon is this. Shane said that they haven't had uh, communication in about a month. That's not good, folks. That says to me, which I suspected, that Barkley and his side are dug in, that, you know, they want what they want. The Giants, on the other hand, you know, know what they can afford. And right now, the two sides just aren't close. Now, I don't usually like to sit here and try and read into things, but I'm going to make an exception here because, you know, Joe Shane spoke about, you know, how, how hard it was to separate emotion from, you know, business, you know, especially a guy with a guy like Saquon Barkley, who has basically done what has been asked of him, um, who's been the face of the franchise, you know, the ownership team loves him. Shane loves him. Dable loves him. The whole building basically loves Saquon. The impression I came away with, and, you know, this again, this is just me reading into it, is that the problem is with Saquon's agent, Kim Miali. So the impression I got is that Kim Miali is kind of driving the truck here, so to speak. Saquon is trusting her you know, to do right by him, which, you know, is, is what an agent is supposed to do. And, you know, he's just along for the ride. And Kim Miali apparently, you know, is sticking to her guns, believes that Saquon is worth what he's worth. Um, I have heard things about, you know, them wanting more guaranteed money than maybe what the Giants are willing to pony up. But, you know, here's the thing with Saquon, and I've said this before, I'll say it again. At some point, Saquon's got to stop being a passive participant in this and maybe be a little bit more actively involved in it. So, you know, obviously, you know, you're paying the agent to give you advice and to give you, you know, guidance. And this is Saquon's, you know, even though it's his second contract, it's technically his first as a free agent. Whereas, you know, his rookie deal was pretty much set in stone as far as the amount and the structure and all that stuff. Saquon, the impression I get with with this deal or this negotiation, is just Saquon is just kind of sitting back and letting Kim Miali handle it. Saquon, if you're listening, and I know you're not, but if you're listening, please get more involved. You know, if you want to be here, you can make it happen. I'm not suggesting you settle for, you know, 10 million, which is the franchise tag or less than that. I'm not suggesting that at all, but perhaps you can go back to the giants and say, look, we see your point. We see what the market has, has delivered. Let's do a shorter term deal, maybe a, I don't know, a two-year deal. And we'll take the 12.5 to 13 million that you originally offered. That's how I would see it. That's what I would do if I were Saquon and how I would advise him. Yes, it means he's going to maybe give up some money. But as I have said so many times, folks, 
we all think we're worth more than what we we are and we it doesn't hurt to ask for more than what we what we're worth doesn't mean we're going to get it so i would say you know there has to be a little bit more of a give and take here um, Shane just sounded very frustrated whenever he spoke about, you know, the situation with Saquon. Um, I don't think it has reached the point, nor do I think it'll reach a point where they just say, you know what, you know, we could go on without you. That's fine. I don't think about that will happen. I still say that Saquon is going to be here come uh, the start of training camp. It definitely for the start of the season. So I just think that, you know, to alleviate some of this frustration, you know, I, I don't want to say that the agent doesn't understand the market because again, her job is to get her client as much money as she can. But at some point you have to sit back and say, look, the market just isn't there. And that's why folks, that's why I believe the advice that Saquon's going to get and follow is play on the tag this year, come next year, we'll start this process again. Chances are the Giants aren't going to franchise you a second time, even though they could if they wanted to. Chances are they won't because they may have other guys that they have to franchise tag. It's unfortunate, but you know, at the end of the day, I think Saquon will be a Giant in 2023. I can't say that that will be the case in 2024. So, folks, that was uh, one of the big topics in the draft preview press conference. I know we're talking about existing players, but it's important though, because this is a rich running backs class. And a question was raised of Shane, you know, if you can't get something worked out with Saquon, does that maybe um, affect your plans to draft a running back? And Shane said it didn't, but you know, he also said a couple of other things, which, you know, I said, okay, I, I know you're, you're just saying that to save face, but I could see it potentially maybe um, expediting the situation. And here's something that I'm going to put out for you guys. If for some reason, and I don't think this will happen, but let me just throw it out there just in case it does, because you never say never. If for some reason, Bijan Robinson falls to the Giants at 25, do you take them if you're the Giants? Hmm. Interesting dilemma, right? I'd be curious to see what would happen if that were to happen. I don't think it will. Again, I think Bijan Robinson will probably be gone by the time the Giants come on the clock. But that sure would make for some interesting drama on Thursday night. So we'll have to see what happens there. But again, I just don't think the two sides are going to reach an agreement. I would be very surprised. I think the only way they, that, that they reach an agreement is if Saquon starts being a little bit more actively involved in this and doesn't just say, okay, Kim, you know, you handle the whole thing and just let me know when the contract is ready. All right. What else did Joe Shane have to say? And, and what are my thoughts on it? Stick around. We've got plenty more coming up next. Hey, Giant fans, something exciting is coming to Built.com on April 22nd. I don't have all the details just yet, but the excitement is real and it's something you will not want to miss. If you know how Built works, they have the most incredible protein bars in the world and they do these amazing flavor drops with unreal flavors in limited quantities. So mark your calendar and head to Built.com on Saturday, April 22nd to be one of the first to discover 
what all the hype is about. I can't wait to see what the, what the new flavor is. And uh, if you're going to place an order with Built.com, make sure you use our special promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your order. Hey, Giant fans, LockedOn's NFL Mock Draft Special is here, and it's bigger than ever. Follow along all 32 teams' first pick in a six-episode Ultimate Mock Draft experience only LockedOn can deliver. All episodes are available right now on the LockedOn NFL Draft channel, on YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast, Friday edition. I am your host, Patricia Trena, and next week, it's here, draft week. Yes, we're going to finally find out who's going where, what the Giants were thinking all along, what was the smokescreen, what was uh, real, and it's going to be an exciting time. We're going to have expanded draft coverage on the Locked On Giants podcast next week. I'll tell you more about that next week, but coming up. Uh, immediate shows coming up on Monday. I have Bruce Feldman uh, of the athletic, a college football insider. He's scheduled to be my guest for Monday at some point next week. I'm also going to have Ed Valentine back on the show. We're going to probably do each other's show and talk about, you know, the needs, what's going on with the giants, that sort of thing. So that's coming up. And I may see about doing a live show at some point. I haven't um, set the details yet, but I'm going to see if we can get a live show in for you, maybe a special edition, like on Wednesday night, sort of like an E before the draft type uh, programming. So uh, just a lot coming up. And then, of course, the draft is Thursday, Friday and Saturday. I will be doing a show Thursday night or, or a show on Thursday, Friday and Saturday. So you'll get an extra show from me as I comment on uh, the draft picks as they're made. And um, I'll also have shorts over on the uh, the YouTube channel. So make sure you keep it locked in on Lockdown Giants all weekend and all week long. Plenty of stuff coming up. All right, folks, let's get back to Joe Shane's draft preview presser. And let's actually talk about some things that he mentioned about the roster, you know, just to kind of get some insight into what he's thinking. He was asked about... Um, the interior offensive line, and is he comfortable with the state of the interior offensive line? Folks, this this is a case where, you know, you want to talk about a smokescreen. This is about as big of a smokescreen and as obvious a smokescreen as there is. So Shane was asked about the interior offensive line and if he was comfortable with it. And he basically said, yeah, he was, you know, that, that there were, he said 14 players under contract. It's actually 15 total offense alignment. Well, I broke that down, folks. Of the, the uh, offense alignment that are under contract, five are offensive tackles. So we could throw those guys aside because we're talking about the interior. And of the 10 interior offensive linemen under contract, I think the number was seven were on one-year deals. And there's no way, folks, they're going to sign or re-sign all seven, even if they step up and perform. It's just not going to happen. But here's the other thing. You very rarely hear a general manager or head coach admit to being comfortable with any aspect of the roster because it just doesn't happen. You're never going to be able to address every need you have in the way you want to, regardless of, you know, what kind of plan you have. 
So for Shane to say that he was comfortable, I think that was just his way of being polite and not trying to ruffle any feathers with the guys that he had on the roster. But here's the thing, and I've said this, we'll say it again. You just invested four years and $160 million in Daniel Jones. You have upgraded his weaponry, all right, his skill position players. Why wouldn't you want to now focus on the offensive line and give him the same center, which he has yet to have, by the way, since coming to the NFL? You know, I asked Jones about this um, on Monday when, when they did the conference calls with the players. And I asked him about the challenges and he spoke about, you know, the protection calls being on the same page, you know, the cadence, um, you know, snapping the ball, the comfort in snapping the ball, uh, just being one with the center. Well, you're asking this guy now to, to have what his fifth different starting center since he's come into the league. You know, you want to give him good, you know, good weapons. Fine. But give him the same center and stop, you know, playing around here. Just get him a center and a pure center at that. Don't sit there and tell me, oh, Jack Anderson can do it. Oh, Ben Bredesen can do it. Oh, Shane Lemieux can do it. Maybe they can, but are they the long-term answer? I think not. You know, is J.C. Hassenauer the the long-term answer? Probably not. If If he was... Why not sign him to a longer-term deal, a two-year deal? Pretty obvious, folks, center is on the, on the agenda. Now, if they don't take a center, it's because, A, there was a run on centers, leaving them with nothing, or, B, they didn't feel that the value matched up. But I am pretty sure that center is something they're going to look to try and address. I would be very surprised if they don't. And I would be very surprised if it doesn't happen by day two. So that's my take on the center comment that Joe Shea made. Now, another question he was asked was about position duplication. And this was in reference specifically to the fact that there's a gazillion receivers on the Giants. All right, 13, I think it is. I think there's 13 receivers that are under contract. And a lot of them are slot receivers. So would they consider adding to a position where they have a lot of guys already at the position? And, you know, Shane basically said that, you know, he wouldn't rule it out, that you can't go into the draft and say, okay, I've got enough at this position or, you know, I'm not going to add to it. He spoke about how, you know, the the offensive coaches, Mike Kafka, Brian Dable, and, and the rest of the offensive-minded staff want to use different skill sets in different ways. But here's the other thing that I would say, folks. I would be really, really surprised if the Giants draft a receiver on day one or day two. I'm sticking with cornerback at number 25. And that is, by the way, if the Giants don't trade that pick. Now, over on my Instagram account, at Patty Traina, P-A-T-T-I-T-R-A-I-N-A, I posted something, uh, a statistic, that the last time a team drafting 25th overall in the first round held on to the pick and didn't trade it away 
you'd have to go back to 2016 with the Pittsburgh Steelers who drafted Artie Burns, a cornerback, with that pick. So could I see the Giants trading back? I think that's a real possibility. And I'll tell you why I think that's a possibility if they find a good trade partner. I think if the Giants can find somebody willing to, you know, trade up with them and willing to give up maybe a pick in next year's draft, if you're Shane, I think you take that because the Giants do not have, or or they're not scheduled, I should say, or projected to receive comp picks next year because they signed more guys than they lost. Right. And and the uh, comp pick formula cutoff, by the way, is the Tuesday after the draft. So I don't know the date off the top of my head, but if you check a calendar, it's Tuesday after the draft. After that, any free agents you sign, do not count towards the comp picks. All right. So if I'm Shane, I'm looking to maybe add an extra pick or two in next year's draft. So I'm pretty sure that at some point, and it, you know, will it be the first round? Could be. Will it be at sometime on day two? Wouldn't surprise me, but I'm pretty sure Shane's going to look to trade down to pick up extra picks. And like I said, I think those extra picks are going to end up being, um, you'll see some maybe in this year's draft, but more so you will see them in next year's draft. Because the other thing I want to kind of piggyback onto is Shane was asked about adding 10 rookies and, you know, I didn't get, I walked away thinking that he's not going to take all 10 draft picks. And I've said this before, but, you know, after listening to him today, I'm pretty sure he's not going to take all 10. He's going to look to maybe move some of them, uh, whether he moves up or packages them, you know, as part of a a bigger deal. I don't know, but uh, I don't think he takes 10. I'm sticking with that just as I'm sticking with the, with my belief that he's going to draft a cornerback at, at in the first round, whether it be at 25 or whenever it is, he goes on the clock. So um, I thought that was interesting. Um, you know, like you said, he, he didn't rule out making a trade in, in the first round. Um, so, you know, we'll see how that plays out. But I have a feeling that there's going to be some movement by the Giants up and down the draft board. Where that happens, I would say best bet, maybe day one, day two. Because once you get into day three, it's like, you know, now you're filling out depth and, and special teams and whatnot. So I'm not so sure there'll be any movement there, but we'll see. All right. One more thing I want to talk about, and that is um, the synergy that exists in the building. Talk about that right after this. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trena. And uh, just some thoughts, you know, off the top of my head on what general manager Joe Sheen had to say during his draft preview press conference held on Thursday. Yes, I was there uh, for that, even though it was my birthday. And by the way, let me take this moment to thank everybody who sent me birthday wishes. Much appreciated. Um, Relatively good day. So uh, I'm happy. I'm healthy. I'm ready to start double nickels. um, And uh, I'm here to continue bringing you the very best content that I can both here on the Lock on Giants podcast and of course over on Giants Country 
where we are getting so amped up for this NFL draft. It's always an exciting time. So, all right, let's get back to what Joe Shane had to say and my thoughts about it. Um, there were a couple of questions that I managed to get in with Joe Shane. Um, one of which was uh, regarding the, what we call super seniors. These are players that were granted extra years of eligibility because of the COVID pandemic. Um, I think next year, by next year, these super seniors will probably, you know, have, have evaporated, if you will, there, it'll run out. But I was curious to know, because there is a a very high amount of, you know, draft eligible, eligible players who are 24, 25 years old. And um, I asked Shane if that kind of made a difference or, you know, what he thought about it. Um, his response, to be honest with you, was kind of, you know, look, you know, we'll, we'll look at everybody, you know, each individual case by case body work. But here's a thought I had about that. You know, yes, it means you're going to probably get an older player if you draft one of these super seniors, but there's an advantage to it. And here's the advantage. The players will have had more experience which means hopefully a shorter learning curve when they get to the NFL. And you could probably retain them, you know, with that experience for a little while longer. In other words, they'll maybe, um, you know, come close to hitting their ceiling a little quicker than somebody who, you know, is, is declaring for the draft after just, you know, three years of college. So I do think there's an advantage there, but at the same time, if you're the Giants, you're not going to just, you know, favor the super seniors just because they're super seniors. You know, you're going to obviously look at the body, the full body of work. So I thought that was interesting. And the other thing that um, I asked Shane about that um, I also thought was interesting was about the synergy between the coaching staff and the scouting staff in this whole process. Now, if you go back to last year, Shane and his staff were brand new. The draft process was already, you know, well underway. Wasn't a whole lot of time to maybe change a few things up, specifically how he wanted to, to, you know, the scouts to grade the prospects or anything like that. Once last year's draft took place, they were able to make all these changes and, and kind of adapt everything the way Shane wants it. Meanwhile, you had the coaching staff, which hadn't worked together coming in last year. Brian Dable was still, you know, in the process of hiring uh, staff members really late in, into, you know, the process, you know, the draft process. So those coaches weren't able to really get out and, you know, go on the pro days and, and, and whatnot, because they were in the office trying to, you know, set up systems and whatnot. This year, that all changed. Shane finally has everybody doing things the way he wants done. The coaches were able to hit the road and get out the pro days and, the combine and the and the uh, senior bowl and the other all star games, so I was curious to know if there was you know if it just made things easier this time around because everybody you know was everybody more or less on the same page as opposed to maybe last year when everybody was kind of like not sure of you know what the other person was thinking, and Shane did say that it it did that it does make a difference. You know, especially, you know, with the offense, which is so complicated, um, they want to make sure that that, you know, they're on the same page with the players and the skill sets that they need for the offense. 
the defense is the same way. You know, do they get Wink Martindale, the, the players that he needs to make this defense hum? So, yeah, you know, the synergy is there. And while it wasn't completely, you know, rocky last year, I don't think you could say that it was as smooth as, as the process is this year. Now, here's something interesting. We all know that Wink Martindale and Mike Kafka, the two coordinators, received head coaching interests. So what are the dangers now where you're planning your draft and you're, you're saying to Wink Martindale, okay, I'm going to get you this type of player. Or you're saying to Mike Kafka, okay, I'm going to get you this type of player. And you've gone and you built the, the roster up and guess what? Now come next year, Kafka's got a head coaching job or Martindale has a head coaching job or they both do. So now what do you do? Folks, that's a very real problem. We've actually seen that with changeover in staffs where one guy might've been favored and then a new staff comes in and now maybe that player isn't quite the fit and falls by the wayside. And Shane's response was, you can't pigeonhole. You have to try and pretty much get the coaches what they want but you want to have a guy who's really not a one-trick pony because the minute you have a one-trick pony, that's where it becomes a wasted draft pick. So this was an important question, I thought, because we've seen it happen before. If you're going to invest in a draft pick, you want to have that guy ideally for the duration of his four-year rookie, rookie deal. And we've seen in the past where giant draft picks, they've just quickly moved on from guys. So you go back and you look at the problems that the Giants have had with their rosters in recent years. And what do you think the, the main problem has been, folks? Yep. The fact that they haven't been able to retain depth, whether it be because the depth just didn't work out or because of the constant coaching staff change and the turnover that is so, that came with the, the uh, roster. So that all being said, the synergy is better. The understanding of what the coaches want is better, but there's also a balance that's been struck that, you know, these are the types of guys that they're going to bring in that, okay, maybe they have a certain quality that Wink Martindale wants, but they're also versatile enough to where if down the line, another coordinator comes in, they should be able to make use of the talent. And really folks, here's the other thing that I'll say about that. One of the things that I think gets uh, lost in the shuffle with Brian Dable is the job he did in hiring his staff. He hired good teachers. He hired creative minds. If they were to lose Kafka or Martindale after this season, I have no doubt that Dable won't, wouldn't hire uh, another solid replacement for these guys, somebody who's a good teacher who's creative, who's a good communicator. Because, you know, look, Dable took his time in building his staff. He didn't go with guys he was comfortable with. He went with the best options, regardless if he had worked with them. Have no reason to think that that won't continue. So overall, in that respect, the Giants are in good shape. Now, again, as far as the draft goes, I don't think Shane really knew when we spoke to him what he was going to do with 25. You got to see how the board falls. And, you know, this is something I keep telling you guys and gals, you have to see how the board falls before you can, you know, say that it's going to be this or this player or that player. 
So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, folks. Definitely interesting. All right, folks, that will do it for today's episode of the Lockdown Giants podcast. Now, before I say goodbye and wish you a good weekend, um, I just want to acknowledge that uh, I do have a bunch of questions from you guys and gals that you've sent in. Haven't been able to get to them uh, because of the, you know, the guests that I've had on and the topics that I've had to cover, but I will be doing a mailbag on Giants Country, which will drop at 8 a.m. on Saturday. So I will put some of those questions, if not all of those questions in that mailbag, if you want to check them out, because I know a lot of them are kind of time sensitive as far as, you know, specific to, specific to the draft. So I will cover that for you so that you're not left hanging. So I just wanted to put that out there in case you guys were wondering why I haven't answered your questions. So, all right, that'll do it now for me. Have a great weekend, everybody. Fasten your seatbelts, get get uh, all the rest you can, because next week is going to be a whirlwind. And I can't wait to bring it to you here on the Locked on Giants podcast. <laughs>